Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Lord is with our spirit. So this is wonderful. If we're going to contact God, we need to exercise our spirit. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in their spirit so that we can live and walk according to the spirit who is mingled with our spirit. If you've ever had the experience of making a resolution to be better or to try harder or promising never to do something again and then failing miserably, you will want to stay tuned for today's Life Study of Romans with Witness Lee. This program is provided by Living Stream Ministry and includes portions of the original recorded message given by Witness Lee and discussion on these portions. And joining us today for that discussion once again is Ed Marks. Ed, I'm glad you're here today because we're going to revisit Romans 5 through 8. Welcome back. Well, Chris, it's good to be back, especially in these chapters. I think we'll see something wonderful concerning how we can experience and enjoy Christ. Ed, in today's message, we're going to hear Witness Lee talk about the Spirit, as it's mentioned in chapter 8. In reading these verses, it seems almost impossible to tell whether the reference is made to the divine spirit or the human spirit. What's the relationship between these two, and is it important for us to make a distinction in the first place? Well, Chris, first of all, most translators of the Bible, when they translate Romans 8, they have a hard time determining whether Paul is referring to the divine spirit or to our human spirit. Now, uh, let me just say a little bit about why this is so critical. Of course, everyone realizes that there is the divine spirit, the spirit of God. But we also need to realize that we have a human spirit. And the divine spirit dwells in our human spirit. And these two are mingled together to be one spirit. This is why 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This one spirit is a mingled spirit. It's the divine spirit dwelling in our human spirit and mingled together as one spirit. Firstly, we need to realize the reason why this is so critical is that our spirit is the dwelling place of God. Ephesians 2.22 tells us that the habitation of God is in our spirit. This is a marvelous discovery. If you want to find me and contact me, you need to know my address. If you just know the city I live in, you can't contact me. Well, in the same way, we know that Christ lives in us as the Spirit, but where does he live in us? Where is his residence? Well, we are composed of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And the Bible reveals that his dwelling place is in our spirit. Second Timothy 4.22 tells us the Lord is with our spirit. So this is wonderful. If we're going to contact God, we need to exercise our spirit. 
God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in their spirit. This is marvelous. And we have an organic union with Christ in our spirit. So this is why this is so critical. We can contact Christ as the spirit by exercising our spirit so that we can live and walk according to the spirit who is mingled with our spirit. I'm glad I asked you the question, Ed. It is critically important. As you said, this helps put our finger right on the residence of Christ in our being, the human spirit. That's tremendous. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study. Chapter 5, especially the last part of chapter 5, deals with the fact that you were in Adam. It was a fact that you were in Adam. You could never deny you were in Adam, were you not? You were in Adam. This was a fact. Unless you are not a human being. As long as you are a human being, you have to admit the fact that you were in Adam. Chapter 6, deal with the fact, again the fact, that, hallelujah, now you are in Christ. Chapter 5, the fact that you are in Adam, chapter 6, the fact that you are in Christ. You can just mark your Bible on the top of chapter 5 in Adam, on the top of chapter 6 in Christ. A fact. Don't forget, these two are facts. One fact was that you were in Adam. Another fact is that you are now in Christ. Praise God. One is in the past. And the other is at the present. It's so good. And the fact that is at the present is much, much better than the fact that was in the past. We were in Adam, but now we are in Christ. Chapter 7 deals with your experience in the flesh. This is not just a fact. This is an experience, an experience in the flesh. You can put this river in the flesh on the top of chapter 7 with a word experience. Then chapter 8 deals with the experience in the spirit. Either you use capital S or small s, both are right. I like to use a double S, a big S includes a small S, a small S in a big S. Put that way. A mingled spirit in the spirit on top of your chapter 8 with the word experience. So you have two chapters and two facts, and you have another two chapters and two kinds of experiences. One is in the flesh. The other is in the spirit. Now, the experience in the flesh is to experience the fact in Adam. The fact in Adam revealed in chapter 5 is experienced by you in the flesh in chapter 7. The experience in flesh is the experience of the fact in Adam. In other words, if you only have chapter 5, you don't have chapter 7, you only have the 
fact that you were so bad. But you could never have the experience, the experience of the fact that you were in Adam is in chapter 7. Then, the experience in the spirit, in chapter 8, is the experience of the fact in Christ, in chapter 6. In other words, the very fact that you are in Christ could only be experienced in the spirit. And today we're looking at four chapters in Romans, chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. Chapters 5 and 6 present us with two undeniable facts. First, that as humans, we are in Adam. And then as believers, we're in Christ. Then chapters 7 and 8 describe our experience of these two facts. Say something about the relationship of these four chapters. Yes, Brother Lee just shared with us in a marvelous way how we can have a a succinct view of the intrinsic essence of these chapters. What we see is that Romans 5 talks about the fact of our being in Adam before we were saved and received the Lord. Then when we come to Romans 6, we see that once we believe into Christ and we're baptized into Christ, we are now in Christ. This is a marvelous fact. By faith, we need to receive this fact that as believers, we are in Christ. Christ is our home. Christ is our sphere. Christ is our dwelling place. But then when we come to Romans 7 and 8, we see the experience of these two facts. Romans 7 is the experience of the fact of being in Adam. As sinners, we were in Adam. Well, when we're in Adam, our experience is that we're in the flesh. But when we come to Romans 8, we have the experience of the fact that we are in Christ. And that experience is the experience of being in the Spirit. You know, if we're in the flesh, even as believers, we have to realize experientially we're in Adam. But we want to be those who are in the Spirit moment by moment and day by day. So for our experience, Romans 8, 6 is a big verse. It says the mind set on the flesh is death. We don't want to set our mind on the flesh and be in Adam. Instead, we want to set our mind on the Spirit. And Romans 8, 6 says, The mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. This is the way to experience the fact of our being in Christ. We need to set our mind on the Spirit. Now, practically, I would just like to encourage us as believers with two things. To set our mind on the Spirit, the first thing we need to do is we need to pray. We need set times of prayer, and we also need to pray continually by talking to the Lord throughout the day. We can open to Him to be filled with Him just by conversing with Him. This conversation with the Lord is real prayer. And then we need to set our mind on the Spirit by being in the Word. Day by day, we should begin our day by opening His Holy Word to pray with the Word of God. By setting our mind on the Word, we can set our mind on the Spirit, then we can be in the Spirit and experience the fact of our being in Christ. So I want to encourage everyone, we need to give ourselves in a fresh way to prayer and to being in God's Holy Word so that we can have the experience of being in the Spirit and in Christ. Yeah, thank you. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of our life study. Let's go back to see what was the fact there in Adam. Well, in Adam, 
there were these few things. Number one, you had sin. Number two, you were under debt. And number three, you were just a constituted sinner. The fact in Adam was that you inherited sin and you were under the reign of death and you were just a constituted sinner even you are the best you were a sinner under God's condemnation and you had sin and you were under the reigning of death this was a fact no human being regardless of what race as long as you are a human being male or female, young or old, what you had there in that fact in Adam was sin inherited. And death reigning over you. And you were just a constituted sinner. You got condemned already. But praise the Lord, we have the second fact. And the second fact is the fact in Christ. And here, with this fact, we have, number one, grace, ways, righteousness. Sin was only one item, but now we have grace, weight, righteousness. Not only righteousness, nor only grace, but grace, weight, righteousness. Righteousness versus sin. We inherited sin in Adam. Now, in Christ, we have received grace, wit, the gift of righteousness. And here in Christ, instead of death, we have life, eternal life, in which we can reign. Death reigns, now we reign in life. Or you may say, death reigned over you. But now, you are reigning in life. Praise the Lord. And here, we are not under God's condemnation, but rather under God's justification. But how could we be in Christ? By being baptized into Him. You know, this matter of being baptized includes our believing in Jesus. Believe and be baptized. So how could we be in Christ? We become in Christ by believing and by being baptized. To believe is to believe into Jesus. When you believe in the Lord Jesus, you just believe yourself into Jesus. When you were baptized into the water, that was a kind of sign signifying that you were baptized into Christ. God has put us into Christ. We all have to admit. And we all have to recognize. And then we all have to believe. And then we all have to reckon upon this fact. Where are you this morning, brothers? We all have to say, shoutingly, right. Where are you? In Christ! Lord. We are in Christ. Ed, this is tremendous. 
we had one set of facts that determined our eventual experience. We were in Adam, and we experienced sin and death to the uttermost. But now we have a whole new set of facts with an altogether different experience. We are in Christ, and in Him we experience life and righteousness. How do we get out of Adam and into Christ? Well, Chris, this is a wonderful question. We don't want to be people who are in Adam. We want to be in Christ. And also, we want to help other people, our friends, our colleagues, those we work with, to get out of Adam and to get into Christ. Well, firstly, we see that in Adam, before we believed in Christ, we inherited sin, death reigned in us, and we were constituted sinners. But when we get transferred out of Adam into Christ, we receive grace and the gift of righteousness. We're those who can reign in life and we're justified by God. Now, to see the marvelous inheritance we have in Christ versus the terrible black picture when we were in Adam causes us to want to get out of Adam and into Christ. Now, how can we do this? It's very simple. We need to believe into Christ and we need to be baptized into Christ. Romans 6 speaks of this. Firstly, we need to believe into Christ. And I like to emphasize this word into. Actually, the Greek word is into, which shows that when we believe into Christ, we enter into an organic union with him. Also, after believing, we need to be baptized into him. Believing and being baptized are one complete step for us to get out of Adam and into Christ. Uh, Romans 6, 3 and 4 tells us that when we are baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. That means everything negative is put into that baptistry and is buried in the waters of baptism. Then when we come up out of the waters of baptism, we are in resurrection and now we can walk in newness of life. Believing and being baptized is the way for us to get out of Adam into Christ. And now that we're out of Adam and in Christ, we need to be those who walk in newness of life. That means we live, move, and have our being in the Christ who lives in us. And that means every day is full of newness, full of the newness and freshness of the divine life. This is the way for us to get out of Adam, get into Christ, and stay in Christ to enjoy Christ day by day. Add to walk in newness of life is the focus of this last section. Let's join Witness Lee. Then what? Then you have to know. As you are dead, now you have nothing to do with the law. You are dead. You are afraid. And you are also discharged from the law. Don't go back to the law. What do you mean to go back to the law? Whenever you make up your mind to do good, that means you go back to the law. Whenever you make up your mind to be good, you just go to the law. Whenever you say, Oh, God, help me from today. I will be all the time humble. You go to the law. Yes, you pray to God, but this doesn't mean you go to God. This means you go to the law. For years, maybe, you didn't love your wife so well. Now you repent it. And you will say, my friend today, surely I will make up a strong mind. Lord, help me that I will love my wife. This means you go to the law. And I could assure you, you could never get it. You could never make it. 
the more you try to love your wife, you will see the more you do not love her. Right away, you put yourself in Romans chapter 7. Don't make up your mind to do good. You could never. To will is present with me, but to do the good is not. Whatever I will, I do not do it. Whatever I do not will, sure I do it. So Paul admitted, not I any longer. But sin does it that dwells in me. We said this might be Paul's experience when he was not saved. But I tell you the truth, nearly all the Christians have to pass through this poor experience in chapter 7. We all need such an experience. Otherwise, we could never be exposed to the uttermost. You could never know that you are so hopeless. Now, in chapter 8, it's so simple. Just to walk according to the Spirit. How about your mind? You have to have your mind side upon the Spirit. That's good enough. Don't make up your mind to do good. Don't pray that the Lord will help you to do good. Forget about all these religious aspects. You have to walk, to behave, to have your being according to the Spirit. And have your mind all the time set on the Spirit. Then you get the freedom. Then you will see that the indwelling Christ is imparting life to you, to every part of your being, even to your mortal bodies, to some of your weak members of the body. You will experience this. You will experience the imparting of life by the indwelling Christ to support your weak members of your body. Your whole being will be infused with the divine life. This is not to do good. This is not to keep the law. This is not to fulfill the requirements of the law. But this is a life lifted out of your spirit. Surely this life will surpass the fulfillment of any kind of righteous requirement of the law. You see, now you are enjoying the salvation in sanctification. Not only you have enjoyed the salvation of God in his justification, but now you are enjoying the salvation of God in his sanctification with his life. When you would just behave Walk and have your being according to the mingled spirit. And all the time have your mind coming back, not going out to do anything, but coming back to be set upon the spirit. Then you will enjoy the imparting of life by enjoying Christ. Ed, no doubt we can all relate to the experience that Witness Lee has described here, and that of wanting to do good, trying to be better, and how that inevitably, just that determination, often leads to the exact opposite of what we had hoped to experience. Yes, Chris, we really need to see this. Even as believers, 
we have the experience of the more we try to do good, the more we try to overcome, the more we try to live up to the standard that we see in the scriptures, it seems like the more we fail. Well, the reason why this is, is because we're involved in the wrong law. We're in Romans 7. When we try to do good, Paul said this. He said, when I try to do good, when I will to do good, evil is right there with me. We shouldn't try to do good. Don't try to be a good Christian. This may sound strange to you, but hear me out. Many times we say, oh, I'm going to try to be a good Christian. But when we do that, we're in Romans 7. When I try to do good, evil is right there with me. Then the law of sin and death operates and drags us down. This is what we call the law of defeat. The law of defeat. What we need to realize is that our will is powerless against the law of sin and death. Only a more powerful law can overcome the law of sin and death. Just like the law of gravity. You need a more powerful law to overcome the law of gravity. You need the law of aerodynamics. Well, the spiritual and divine law of aerodynamics is in Romans 8. This is the law of the spirit of life. If we're going to be free from the law of defeat, the law of sin and death, we need to switch on the law of the spirit of life. This verse, Romans 8, 2 says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. Now, if we're going to experience that freeing law, we just need to switch on this law. To switch on this law is to cooperate with this law. The law of the spirit of life has been installed in us. When we switch on this law spontaneously, we're freed from the law of sin and death. Well, how do we switch on this law? Romans 8, verses 4 through 6 tell us. Number one, we need to walk according to the Spirit. That means we live, move, and have our being according to the Spirit. And number two, verse 6 tells us, and we mentioned this, we need to set our mind on the Spirit. How do we do this? Number one, I would like to emphasize this again. Every day we need to pray. We need to be men of prayer. We need to have set times of prayer. And during the day we can pray. Right now you can pray, Lord, I don't want to be in Romans 7 anymore. I want to enjoy you as the law of the spirit of life. When you pray that, you have just switched on that law. You have contacted the Lord in your spirit. We need to be those who pray, and we also need to be those who are in the word day by day. We read his word, and we read his word with prayer. In this way, the law of the spirit of life is switched on, and we are saved from that terrible cycle of defeat in Romans 7. Let's give ourselves to prayer and the word so that we can switch on the law of the spirit of life. Ed, we're going to replace trying harder resolutions, more determinations with prayer and the word of God. Wonderful fellowship. Thank you today, Ed. We will be back tomorrow with another life study from the Book of Romans. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to having you with us again tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, 
That's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.